Welcome to the Parenting with Play podcast, our first one for 2020. I hope you had a good Christmas and a happy new year. Now, for many people, I know that it hasn't been a happy new year because here in Australia, as those of you overseas, you'll no doubt have seen we've really experienced terrible bushfires and still undergoing them now. So today's episode, I really want to talk about how to help your children with anxiety, whether you've been directly affected by the bushfires or whether your children are experiencing anxiety about it because they know what's happening. And for those of you outside of Australia, this will also be helpful for any natural disasters that you've had or just really traumatic, upsetting experiences that your children may have experienced in a sort of a collective way in the community. So not quite as an upbeat 2020 first episode, but a really, really important one. So let's dive into how you can help your children with anxieties around these natural disasters, particularly the bushfires in Australia. I'm Helena Mooney, and if you're wanting practical, respectful and effective strategies to help transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. So it's been really hard for many, many people. Um, whether you yourself have been affected, whether you were on holiday and you needed to be evacuated, whether your home has burned down, whether your community's been affected, or whether extended family and friends have been affected, or whether you've simply, like myself, have been in Sydney, I'm fortunate to be in Sydney, and we've experienced terrible smoke blowing over our houses and where we live. And so our children have been affected by that as well, and obviously would have understood to some extent about what's going on in the with the fire season so what I want to share today are ways to help your children with the anxieties and to talk about how the anxieties can manifest in our children and obviously take what you need depending on the severity of the impact that you've experienced but everything I'm going to offer will hopefully help you no matter how severe or lighter it has been. Because even I know of families whose children, young children or even like 10, 11 year old children are having trouble sleeping. And even though they haven't been directly affected, it's something that's really been very, very significant here in Australia. And it's really important that we know how to help our children manage and deal with this so that they don't carry these anxieties and that they don't become really crippling. Because obviously our children are going to need to deal with this. There is something that may become more prevalent with climate change happening, certainly with our temperatures and the dryness within Australia is changing. So we need to give our children an inner sense of resilience, of optimism, of being able to cope whilst also galvanizing to make changes in our everyday lives and to to look what broader we need to do to help make changes within the country and on a global scale so we want to help our children with their feelings it's really important because when people feel powerless we can either go one of two ways we can either become very aggressive and we can, that's when lash out. And you know this with children. I've mentioned this before that when our children are feeling powerless, that's often when they'll then start to lash out at the, their sibling or their dog or, you know, have trouble with their friends. And that comes from a, yeah, a feeling of powerlessness within themselves. The other way that powerlessness manifests is to go inwards and to get really quiet and still and scared and 
paralyzed, that fight or flight. And we don't want our children to do that. We don't, it's not helpful for anybody to have that over, that crippling fear that everything just becomes too scary, too overwhelming, too hard to deal with. We need to help our children feel that confidence within themselves so that they can make the changes that are needed and also that they can live full expansive lives in amongst these changes, which are unprecedented for the fires, but we're always going to have challenges. So the first thing I really want to offer is that we need to look after ourselves. You need to look after yourself. It's scary for children. It's scary for adults. Um, we as adults need to take responsibility for our feelings as well. And we need to, you know, talk about how we're feeling because it can be really scary. We might want to vent about our politicians or the state of affairs or corporations or whatever it is. It's really important that we have that opportunity to offload our, our fears, our anxieties, our sadness, our frustration, our anger, whatever it is. But it's important that we do that away from our children. So be mindful about what you're watching on your phone or on your TV or what you're listening to on the radio or in the car or whatever it is. Um, Minimise your exposure, your children's exposure to those things. They don't need to be re-reminded and, and re-shown all of these harrowing images because there are some really harrowing images out there and our children, it's not helpful for them to see that. So just be mindful of your own media use be mindful of your own conversations and be gentle with yourselves and seek the support that you need, particularly if you've really experienced full on fear and upheaval and, and loss. It's really important that you get the help that you need. And sometimes as adults, we can go, oh, God, well, I'm not as bad as so and so over there. You know, I'll be all right. I'll just soldier on and blah, blah, blah. But when we do that, when we don't address our own feelings, it means that they're pent up within ourselves. And so we're then less able to help our children with their feelings. So the number one thing we can do to be able to help our children to navigate this and manage their own anxieties and to help them is to get the help that we need ourselves. So I really encourage you that if you, even if you can't do it for yourself, think about what your children are needing and, and find that support it could be formal support from a counsellor. It could be informal support, but just ha by having a really good chat with friends. But just know that you need that. And, um, and the more that you can do that, the more that you can work on your own feelings, the more you're going to be able to respond well to your children's feelings. Because when our children bring up those upset feelings, it can seem too painful. When our children are upset about, maybe they've seen it either firsthand or in pictures about our animals dying or um, firefighters who've lost their lives or people's homes have burned down. It's really, really painful. And when our children are feeling those painful feelings, if we're also full of painful feelings, it's too painful. It's too painful. So that's why we then try and distract our children and it's just too hard. But if you've been able to help and look at and address and support and get the support that you need for your own feelings, then you're going to be in the space to hear, to hear your children's painful feelings. So please look after yourselves. Please get the support that you need. It's really, really important. It's not just, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it sometime. It, it, it's really, really vital. So how do our children show their fear and anxiety? Now, obviously, I've said that can go one of two ways. They can either start to become aggressive 
they can start to lash out, they can start to become uncooperative. You know, all of those things that your children experience on a day-to-day level can become amplified in this difficult, really challenging situations. And they might get annoyed about things that are seemingly nothing to do with the bushfires, nothing to do with what you, the enormity of what's being experienced. But it's those things that give you an indication of how your children are feeling. Because it's not, most children don't want to sit down and have a, a deep and analytical conversation about what's happening because it can seem too overwhelming. Now, if your child does want to talk about it, fantastic. So listen as much as you can and give them the space to really talk about whatever it is that's bothering them. And this is why it's so important that you've got support so that you can be able to listen to them. Try not to distract them. If they're talking about animals dying, people dying, death is a really, you know, it's a big, scary topic. But if your children are wanting to talk about it, let them talk about it. Allow those conversations to flow and respond in age-appropriate ways. If they're wanting to explore it, it might seem macabre, it might seem insensitive, it might seem inappropriate, but these are the fact that your child wants to talk about them with you is fantastic. And obviously, you know, if they're think if they're talking about it, they've been thinking about it. So you want to help them with those feelings. And the more that they can express themselves, in this instance, perhaps through words, the better. Offer reassurance, obviously. You know, remind them of how much good there is in the world. And we'll talk a bit, a bit more about that later on. So give them the reassurance, but do it in a way that allows them to still feel and talk things through rather than using the reassurance to shut down the conversation going, no, honestly, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all fine. That shuts down the conversation. Whereas going, I know, I really hear you. You know, it was really sad seeing that dead kangaroo on the side of the road or whatever it is and allow them to really fully express themselves through words. But as I said, most children are not going to really want to talk and have a deep and meaningful conversation. What they're going to do is they're going to show you how they're feeling through their behavior. Remember, emotions drive behavior. So if your child is starting to lash out even more than normal, even get annoyed, get annoyed about really silly little things, which you might think, how can you get annoyed about that at that really important time? it's very easy to get annoyed with our children because you're going, come on, we just need to pull together here. We just need to get through this. Don't get annoyed about how your sister's, you know, kicking her leg in that annoying way or whatever it is. Those signs of when your children are behaving like that, that shows you how they're feeling. And when you can move in to help them with their behavior in a loving, attentive, empathic way, you're then going to help them with those emotions that's driving that behavior. So notice their behavior. If if they're being aggressive, maybe you need to move in with a loving limit and go, sweetie, I'm not going to let you hit. I'm not going to let you speak to your sister like that. I'm not going to let you do this, that and the other. Move in, allow, because with the motivation to allow those feelings to come out that's driving that behavior. Maybe you just need to listen and go and offer the empathy. And again, just like I was saying, when if your child is talking about things, you don't want to distract them. It's so easy to want to distract your children from painful feelings because they're painful. But when we understand about how powerful crying is with you, it helps them to move through those feelings. So if you constantly try and distract them and go, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It shuts down the conversation. It means that those feelings that they're feeling, the things that they're thinking just get stuck inside them. 
they need to come out and to flow through them because when they can move through them, then they come out the other side and they feel a lot lighter because they're not carrying these upset feelings. So move in with that loving limit. Listen to any upset feelings that come up. If they're starting to get really upset about something, don't shut it down. Allow those feelings to flow. Know that your child will get to the other side. They're not going to be in this panic, dreadful upsetness forever because those feelings are flowing. Crying with you is fantastic. And if you want a reminder about crying and the powers of crying, I'll post a link to the um, the podcast, that I, the episode I did with Marion Rose about crying. It's so, so powerful. So allow your child to cry if they need to. Now, if your child is not talking about things, if they're not getting annoyed, if they're not getting upset and you're sort of almost now getting a bit worried thinking, okay, my child's not displaying anything here. Just know, just follow their lead. They will come up with something. There will be a way in. So, but also it can be easy to overlook, overlook the children who are very good and who are very quiet and seemingly just get on with things. They also need your help just as much as a child who's lashing out and having a meltdown on one side. The child who's really quiet and is good and getting on with things, they also need your help too, which is where my second approach is, is going to come in, which is play. Always talk about play Uh, because play is going to help unlock those feelings. Because as I said, when we feel powerless, that's when we lash out or that's when we freeze and go really quiet and and hold everything inside. Play helps to unlock everything. It helps our children to feel powerful again, to feel capable and to feel more connected with you, to have a sense of physical agency, to, I'm waving my hands around as I speak, because it just helps them to feel vibrant and competent and alive again. So it's simple games. Everything I talk about, simple games, it can be the simple chasing game where your child is running to get you and ah, you've got me and they jump on you. Really simple. Your child suddenly now starting to feel more powerful again and then they can jump on you and you go, no, don't get me. Really easy. Or it could be a pillow fight, wrestling game or just being silly. So the power reversal games help with that sense of power imbalance or just silly games just helps to release pent up feelings upset feelings through laughter because laughter is one of the best stress releases and that's why often in times of difficulty there's black humor that comes out that real dark humor that is highly inappropriate but hilariously funny because we all need to release stress um for you for our children laughter is brilliant and so find those ways to be silly find those opportunities to just just be silly and to bring those power reversal games, a bit of chasing game, a bit of jumping on the bed, a bit of the toothbrush game, not knowing where the toothbrush goes, you know, try and pretend to brush their ears rather than their mouth. Something that's just going to help bring some levity back into sort of what can be quite a dark and grim situation. It he- it's going to help with your children. It's going to help you reconnect physically and emotionally, offload some of that stress through laughter, help restore a sense of power again and it's going to help build their sense of resilience that they can then cope much better with these situations now with play children can come out with what seems like highly inappropriate things so they might come out you know that they're talking about death and everybody's dying and I'm going to kill you or 
um, you know, they might want to play with the idea about fire, perhaps, you know, that they're going to burn something down. Don't stop it. Don't try and go, that's, you can't do that. That's so wrong. That's obviously clear sign of what they're thinking about and through play they can work through things that they're worried about so like larry cohen of the brilliant author of playful parenting follow the giggles if your child is playing with something see how you can weave in with it and bring all those elements of silliness of power reversal of connecting with you go along with it allow them to be in charge which also helps strengthen their sense of power and competence and then and then you might want to steer it away from the complete death and destruction but follow it to begin with and dive in dive in and that's how you're going to meet your child that's how you're going to understand their emotional world by playing with them in that way but don't feel you need to censor it or make it appropriate or um, sanitize it just follow what your children are wanting to express and wanting to do with you and just dive straight in. Now, remember at the end of a game, so at the end of play, when you sort of bring that sense of connection, it can bring up tears for your children so then they can start to have a really big cry. Again, that is fantastic. You want those emotions to flow. What you don't want to do is sort of have it all bottling up inside of you or inside of your children. Flowing emotions means you move through them, means you come out the other side much better. Just on that, it's very tempting for adults to say, oh, how brave a child is because they're not being upset, particularly in the face of real adversity. And I would really encourage you not to, to sort of go along with saying, oh, you're so brave, because really what it means is it's sort of saying, oh, well, you're not making a fuss. That's brilliant. Um, but now you know that the emotions... At, I say making a fuss because we view it as making a fuss and it's inconvenient, but actually fully expressing themselves with you there is really, really powerful and really, really effective. So try not to sort of praise a child for being brave or being good, which is basically just commending them for holding their emotions in. You want their emotions to come out. Now, obviously, it's not all going to be at appropriate times. So just make time when you have got that space in the thick of things you can't. But when you have got that space, that's when you then bring some special time. And that's when the feelings can start to flow. So other ways to help your children is to do something practical, because we all feel better when we're actually doing something to help, which is why, you know, the donations for the various charities are going nuts at the moment. We all want to contribute. We all want to help. So likewise with your children. So it could be that you, if you're not crafty, you may hate this, but, you know, you might want to create those um, pouches that they're making for possums and kangaroos or mittens for koala paws, bit of knitting, bit of craft and bit of sewing. Um my daughter's actually with a lovely girlfriend today doing that. Again, it's something that each child can feel, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. Can't do big stuff, but I can do something. Maybe they want to do like a cake stall. I've seen children doing cake stall outside their house and they're selling that and the proceeds go to the Faris or Wires or whichever charity you want to support. Or even you might want to help them make perhaps a card for the firefighters. Something, if they feel really helpless and they want to do something, help them to do something it doesn't have to be really big dramatic stuff it can be these little craft projects or these little things that they can do that, that just gives them a sense that they're contributing that they're 
powerful in the face of this adversity. And then the other thing is to point out the helpers. Fred Rogers famously said this back in the 50s and 60s, you know, and in times of adversity, look for the helpers. And I think that's really helpful to help our children to point that out. Yes, the fires in, in Australia's case are devastating and terrifying and huge. But there's amazing people doing incredible work to help all of us to fight those fires. And I think if we can point that out to our children, it offers a point of view that's optimistic, that's hopeful, that just shows how incredible people are. And we all need to have that sense in these times because it can feel very overwhelming and very scary. But if we can notice about how kind somebody is who is, you know, a granny perhaps on the other side of the world who's knitting these koala mittens or people who are taking people into their homes or the volunteers that are fighting the fires but also those who are sort of back at the base coordinating and feeding everybody there's always amazing people that we can point out to our children and we need our children to have that sense of optimism that yes this is horrific right now but we're going to get through this this you know the future is bright we can work together we can have an impact we can be resilient and hopeful for the future because we need our children to feel that we need them to be optimistic and to have an inner sense of confidence an inner sense of agency that they can make a difference and an inner sense of optimism as well and by listening to those feelings listening to those upset feelings allowing them to flow bringing play, bringing giggles and laughter and fun and sense of powerfulness again and connection physically and emotionally with you, plus looking out for those other sort of practical ways to help children offset the view that this is just so overwhelmingly scary. It's going to be, that's such a powerful gift for our children. And it's something that you can do and and like the play, I always say this, it can take five to 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time. Again, listening to some feelings, it could take maybe half an hour, but that time spent is so, so powerful. And then obviously underpinning all of that is getting the support that you need, depending on the severity of how you've been impacted. It's really important that you look after your feelings because you can't look after them if you can't look after your children's feelings if your feelings are not being supported too. So I hope that's helpful encompasses everything all aware parenting all parenting by connection principles in there and I think what's so amazing about this approach is that whatever happens whatever's thrown at all of us we can help our children we can help ourselves to get through it feeling confident and resilient and powerful again by using these tools I just think this this approach is so amazing and I don't think it shows up any better time than in the face of true adversity. So I hope that's helpful. If you've got any questions, let me know. Come over to parentingwithplay.com.au and I hope you have a really great week and I look forward to speaking with you again next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released and I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.